0: Hey everyone, welcome to the next Up podcast titled The Journey of a Leader, featuring the Institute of Child Nutrition and JTM. We have a legendary guest lineup for you today, including Dr. Alicia Hall Campbell, Dr. Beverly Gerard, Angela Olied, Jose Quiones, Richard Miles, and of course, your next network team including Brianna Gustafson, Amanda Venendia, and me, Marlon Gordon. Enough of the intro. Let's go ahead and let's dive right into this episode.
1: It's just that passion is that drives people to go there. I know I only have one more second to talk, (laughs) but just because I wanted to say, we need to take time to hear people's stories and respect it and understand we all need them for us to continue being leaders out there. So thank you so much for having me here today. Thank you for being here.
2: Hello everyone, I'm Alicia Hall Campbell, Executive Director of the Institute of Child Nutrition, and we are funded by USDA to provide applied research, education and training for child nutrition professionals all across the United States. Uh, My journey into leadership started very early. Um, It was in a rural underserved community in Mississippi, um, very limited resources, and so one of the ones to always have an idea and go to the administrators, can we do this, can we plan this? Um, 4-H was really big growing up, so was really involved in 4-H and captain of the cheer team and things like that, so really involved in school and community activities and events, so it just kind of became a natural thing for me. Um, Went to college at Jackson State University, a degree in biology. Went and did some internships at the National Institutes of Health. Realized I didn't want to do research. Um, Couldn't be in a lab all day. So I went and got an MPH at the University of North Texas Health Science Center. Coupled that with my PhD in educational, higher educational leadership. And this opportunity presented itself at the Institute, which was a great combination of all of my skills. And so I have an amazing team. Shout out to the thank you, NextGen, for this opportunity. Um, But as a leader, um, one of the things I want to see, um, especially in the Institute's role, is how we train the next generation. Um, There's a a mass exodus of of people retiring, um, being overwhelmed. And so as people come into the field, how do we make sure the next generation takes Beverly knowledge and be able to operate those programs with that and so that's what we want to do: is continue to train child nutrition professionals.
3: So thank you, next gen. We appreciate the opportunity. Now, before Angela goes, do you guys want to see one of Alicia's cheer moves?
0: <laughs> oh, go. Cheer moves. Go, go, go.
4: Come on! I think we need an ICN cheer. i in. That's a great lead-in. As I was a cheerleader. I think a
5: lot of cheerleaders okay. get our, our thing. Uh-oh. There you go. All Bring the cheerleaders on, in the house.
0: Yeah. So
1: how many two leaders? One, two, three, four. four. Oh, four. four.
0: Wow. Wow.
5: Well, I'm Angela Olige and uh I am what Alicia was talking about, one of the newly retired. However, I was not overwhelmed. I wasn't
0: burned out, but
5: God said, Why it was is she
4: high. looking at me while she's saying
0: that? <laughs> Are you overwhelmed and burnt out?
4: I'm very tired.
0: <laughs>
5: no, you're not. No, you're not. But you know, I do follow uh an instruction that comes from a higher. I've always said. Work is unto the Lord
0: mm-hmm. yeah, in and,
5: and everything that you do. And so this was my time to go. I started not not so much. I don't have a nutrition background. I'm an accountant. And I started with school districts. I um, graduated from University of Houston, Clear Lake, with a bachelor's in accounting and accounting was my passion. And people say, that's an oxymoron to have all that kind of personality and love to deal with numbers. right? <laughs> but you can sit <laughs> me somewhere stretch. and I will look for that once again. <laughs> <laughs> I will look for that once again. <laughs> everybody's chagrin. <laughs> uh, but it also helped me as I started in school districts. I started at Lamarck ISD, a very small school district, um, went to Houston ISD, and I also worked at Clark County. Mm. And Clark County ISD in Las Vegas, they were one of the fastest growing school districts back at that time, adding 12 schools a year. So you learn how to really be flexible. You learn what you really have to do. And when I came to Texas, uh, my husband is in military We retired, we came back to Texas. I started with the State Department. It wasn't that I decided to be the assistant commissioner. That wasn't really how it was. I came in as the director of operation in six months. I became the deputy assistant commissioner. And about two years later, I was the assistant commissioner. And there, it was a wonderful experience. I had a wonderful journey, wonderful people. I really had great staffs throughout the 16 years that I was there. But you learn that language. And communication is key. Mm-hmm. You learn that you must collaborate mm-hmm. and you learn that everybody has value and you do not have to. One of my greatest lessons in leadership, and I will say to everyone, don't devalue yourself to value somebody else. Mm-hmm. You have what it takes to be a leader. And the other thing I was telling them back there, Jose and I are holding up the 60 group.
2: They don't like.
5: But the one thing that I found out is that whatever was in me at six is also in me at 60. So find that thing that's in you and build on it.
0: I like it. Wow. Yes. That's really good.
3: Yes. <laughs> Your turn. I don't know what we're going to do for the 30s group. All right. Come on, y'all. That's all right. We'll with, with it. So my name is Richard Miles. I'm so honored to have the opportunity to be here with incredible people that I admire tremendously. We just begun. I'm already taking notes. I think being a lifelong learner is so important. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll even get CEUs or PD points for being here today. I Maybe you guys can- I think you will if you registered <laughs>
4: for <Christ>. this webinar. <laughs>
3: Absolutely. And someone else that I really admire, um, they've said often from the stage, you may see my glory, but you don't know my story. Mm-hmm. And I think it was really a profound way of saying that you need to know much more about the person than what you see on stage. And that today and maybe I can even lead into a big part of that because I am not the person that you see here all the time or was in the past. I can transparently say I did not get into leadership initially for some altruistic reason. I thought it wasn't cool to be a part of the National Junior Honor Society. I had strategic opportunities that I totally blew in times. Um, But at the same time, with much grace and opportunity, we've had a chance to learn. Mm up in um, Metro Detroit, but I was born in Southern California. Anaheim is the original home of Disney. So all you Floridians, (laughs) Disney World came after (laughs) Disneyland, okay? Um, And my dad was in medical school at the time. Uh, When he finished up, he went to go do his residency in Detroit. Uh, We had a lot of close aunts and uncles that he appreciated. Um, But shortly after, my mom and dad separated. And after having uh, the privilege of two college educators, I found myself in need of free and reduced meals for the next 13 years. Where wow. often it was where I got most of my calories for the day. And I can even remember in the summer as things changed that I was happy when I got old enough to walk to Faith United Methodist Church where I could receive meals, fun, and uh, a great time there. And later I found out that that was because of the summer food service program. And United Methodist. That's where I gave my life to Christ. And I said that I wanted to be a part of helping other individuals who had some challenging situations like mine. But that wasn't where I went right away. If I can be transparent, the reason that my leadership journey started was because with increasing positions, there was increasing leadership responsibilities, which led to increasing amounts of compensation. I was in a low-income family make as much as I could in the time period that I had during my summers when I can work. And I started working as, as early as I could. But then over time, I understood more about what leadership was. Being a counselor in training, leading small children, to a counselor, to a senior counselor, to a, to a local community director, where it was really about making sure that the children were safe, that they were learning something Okay. I had a great time, so I'm excited to have a great time with you guys today, and hopefully we can share more of this journey. Well,
0: yes. So two of you, Beverly and Richard, you guys have your leadership stories kind of intertwined a bit. You want to talk a little bit about that, what that experience was like?
3: Yeah, Beverly tells us what that experience was like. <laughs> <laughs> that is my promise story. Okay, okay. Well, okay. let's hear about it. Um,
6: and I, I forgot to be, could I tell, go back for just please a please moment? Do. Yeah. I failed to mention a little bit more of my background as well. I farm in Indiana and we were way outside of town I was five miles outside of a town of 1,000 people uh, my mother was an RN my dad was a farmer and I was one of six children and like so many of you my leadership started in church in 4-H at school but all of that I think that's important to note because when I met Richard we already had so much in common we had so much in common, apparently, but we had so much in common. Um,
3: Urban, we, young man from Detroit, <laughs> rural farm. We did not, <laughs> not have a lot in common, okay? So <laughs> Besides <laughs> hairstyle, maybe. <He> was, <laughs> <that's not laughs> we had
0: our
6: faith background in common, so I would say that. Um Richard was a dietetic intern who came to us from Wayne State, right? Oh, uh, we right. interviewed over the t- telephone for the, uh, we always interviewed over the, t- interns and Richard was a star intern in our department um he was eager he raised his hand as you said Jose when it was time to take on a project he was right there but another thing he did is he helped bring together the rest of his class in many ways we had some we had some personality issues sometimes as I recall Richard and he was a kind of a <laughs> he he was, he was, he was the calming force oh, and it was no, he was the calming force and it was magnificent. Um,
0: so was that more organic or did you intentionally try and bring everybody together is, all the time? That's
3: just who he is as a person. Well, I, I think it was a divine appointment and there was a special story about how I actually came there. So I plan on staying in Detroit. Um, originally I was going to be a medical doctor like my father. I thought that's how I was going to help people. Uh, but my senior year in college, a community nutrition class changed my trajectory. Mm-hmm. Incredible person, Tonya Reinhardt. She was a co-author on Superfoods, and she really convinced me that by focusing on prevention, we could have a greater impact in our community than trying to cure or heal later. And so, two weeks before my medical school interview that my dad set up for me, I decided I wasn't going to do it, and I was going to go to grad school for community nutrition.
0: How did he take yes. that?
3: Uh, it took it took a while for him to understand um, that I really was following my heart and my calling. And obviously, there was a lot of pressure to kind of exceed what he did. Um, and so it was difficult. It made for quite a few experiences um, where we had to reestablish trust and understanding. Yeah. But um, I feel it was a blessing I even came back into life anyway, because we were about 10 years apart before we re-engaged when I was in college. Right. And, and that's when our relationship came back. But inside of the internship and being with Beverly, I, I just saw an incredible example. <laughs> I saw individuals community, even when their community didn't look like them, didn't stay in the same house, didn't have the same background. There was a group of ladies and gentlemen that were committed to making sure that individuals had the opportunity to rise to their best. And I say, you know what, that's one of the things I admire about a leader, someone who has a persistent pursuit of the mission that others want to emulate. I literally just wanted to be like Beverly, different clothes, <laughs> different clothes, but I really did. I like her, and I saw that there was a tremendous value because every decision she made, thousands of children could be bettered, and so could many families of those that are part of the team and part of the community. I thought that was incredible.
2: Well, I just want to add to that, and I think we saw this uh, at the onset of the pandemic. You know, it was the school nutrition professionals who didn't go home during the pandemic, the sure. principals, the teachers, the students, but it was the school nutrition professionals who were there. That the communities were fed. I mean, mm. that's leadership, you know. And, you know, in the at the onset of the pandemic, we didn't really know, you know, we knew about social distancing and all of that, but they were still out there.
1: They were all known.
2: Yeah. The unknown heroes of the community. And so getting and garnering that respect from the community and the district as a whole, I mean, that's what we want to see. Um and you know, to add to that though, even in addition
5: and the people who were out there on the front lines, it was all throughout Child Nutrition, from the national level all the way down. People were working constantly, consistently, dealing with flexible regulations, regulations that came too late, regulations that came too often. Uh, you know, there was a lot going on and pulling in industry. I mean, that was a time that we started talking to
1: everybody, everybody. Mm-hmm. everybody. And, and I wanted to add to what they. Thing because it's like I said there has to be, so you want it to be inspired. Someone mm-hmm. inspired and drove people to say I want to be present yes. and that's yes. what I mean. Remember that we were talking that day. Right. you want to be visible and how am I going to do this? The, the, the directors of the schools, the managers they all said we need help. Who's going yes. to show up? Mm-hmm. And that's what people were saying. I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up. Next thing to your point it wasn't just the directors mm-hmm. and School managers and the cafeteria workers. It was also the industry. It right. was the community. Right. We wanted to make sure, yeah. to your point, that every kid. And it was just yeah. not about the kids. Right. It Everyone. was also about the adults because right. they right. lost jobs and right. all this stuff. Is how are we going to make sure right. that they have food on the table yeah. on the school seven days a week? Because yeah. it didn't end up to be on until no. Friday. No. There's... You need the people to show up again. So That's when so you're weird. talking. Your point is, who is inspiring you to say, I can do that. I can do that. Mm -hmm. And through my whole and all of you, I said, I is. There were so many people that pushed me all the way up, Mm -hmm. all the way down, all the way to the side. that said, you can do it. You can do it. Get the energy, but never lose that passion.
3: Never. I like what you said there, too, because it brought me to another thought that I had of leaders I admire is they're also coalitions you mentioned that it wasn't just about the child nutrition team in our case the campus restaurant team or the food service team whatever you may call or consider a team it was about your team working in collaboration with your community partners we did a lot with our health department That's right. because they were first responders to some of the medical needs what a great team to partner with they were part of our drive-throughs as we fed the community remotely uh, we partnered with individuals who are part of our after-school programs who were fine finally- to educate children who had special needs outside of a outside the standard building. Mm-hmm. Um, what an opportunity mm-hmm. to partner. And then obviously with those who are part of ICN and our state agency for each working in their areas mm-hmm. um, to try to bring to the team the best of the resources right. we had. And I believe that's why we were successful and thousands of community members are still grateful today.
5: Absolutely. Yes. I think one of the things though, when you talk about that at state level, a leader period, at every level, they have to be able to see 360. Yeah. They need to know what is the impact gonna be if I do this, what's gonna be the ripple effect down the line, and they need to be listening up. You know, we listen to childcare workers, daycare centers, adult daycare, believe it or not, all of that had to be listened to. Our food banks, who played such a huge part in, in what food we were banks. going on, and then listening to our industry, who were saying, shedding the light, going, hey, there's a supply issue there's some- Talking about supply issues long before uh, it's all York in the Times media article.
4: now. <laughs> <laughs> the New York Times article comes yes. out, and my business administrator sends this to me, and I said I wanted to shake him and say I've been saying this since July because you know we require that validation. But that actually says, okay, she actually knew what she was talking about. This is actually something that's not only affecting you know this small this small pocket, but nationwide. So you were. T- just getting on a loudspeaker and asking anyone in the building to come to dining. Does that count as a coalition? (laughs) You're making all these incredible formal, um, formal relationships. And, you know, we were just trying to get anybody we could to help us get all these meal boxes full filled and out because we had the food. It wasn't on the shelves in the grocery stores, but we had them in our kitchens. And I mean, who showed up everyone who showed up like thank you thank you thank you thank you to every single individual whether you showed up uh by creating supporting documentation we got i think icn was in my inbox the next week um anyone who was there for us uh spiritually via email text message text messages from jose saying keep your head up um you know it was such a community of excellence that allowed Ability to get up the next day. And I mean, I put my marriage on the line to come to work that day because my husband said, We don't know what this is. Like, what happens if you bring this home, if it hurts our children, if it hurts my mother who lives with us? And we had to go bravely into work each and every day. And I don't think a lot of people understand the risk that we took, not only professionally, but personally our community, so thank you to everyone, thank you to the incredible work from ICN our Department of Education was always there for us. Uh, commodities Absolutely. for opening up the doors when we came knocking, um, it was just such a, a we, we, it was like a national coalition, I mean Absolutely. we were all together.
3: But I think one of the important parts about leadership is we built the relationships long before the need arose. Absolutely. So Beverly and I knew each other for almost 14 years Beverly <laughs> wow. um, so when I had someone that intimately knew me knew what our mission was knew what we were trying to accomplish. So they could help advise us and, and show a different angle that I didn't see or a place yeah. I hadn't walked yet. Mm-hmm. Um, there's incredible opportunity, I think, because of groups that are together, like we are right now, mm-hmm. um, to share and spread this with others. Yeah. If you don't have someone that you've connected with, if you don't have a mentor, I strongly encourage you Absolutely. to make sure that you develop relationships with other people that have your same As we talk more about leadership, I'm absolutely certain that you'll see and hear about characteristics that came into being, not because we invented them, but because we saw them modeled by someone else before us.
1: And I love what you just said, because you just said, like, get somebody to be your mentor. And immediately in my my brain, I start going to talk again about the diversity and the inclusion. And when we're talking about diversity, we're also talking about Personalities that we all know. And we're talking about what just happened during the pandemic, and I'm sure we all have identified leaders that actually step up. So how we as leaders need to say, how am I going to take these people? Make sure they are inclusive in our group. Make sure that we said yes, diversity is so important because at that point Mm -hmm. we needed to understand you and you and me and, and but it's going to be our duty to make sure they're prepared for what's coming next and i'm not talking about a pandemic but just to lead the new generation because some people like angela that is retired that's why she's smiling (laughs) and you you know what i mean (laughs) one day we'll get there but it's our duty to really how are we going to do it to make strong leaders to continue what you just said the goal Uh like i said I call it the yeah. goal, but you're talking to Puerto Rican. Yeah. But it's the same <laughs> word.
5: Yeah. You know, but I smiled all the way through anyway, because that's what leaders need to do. I needed to be able to show we can do this, yes. we can make this. We were on the calls, having statewide calls in Texas, talking to everybody. You're absolutely right. We built on the relationship we already had, we made new relationships. And I think the key thing was in leadership is consistency. That was the thing that I heard so much when I went and and on my tour to retire. That was the thing that I heard from the state more than anything. Thank you for being consistent. Thank you for being there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for your passion. But thank you for bringing us back together. I knew when I was gonna quit, one lady told me she was going to just quit. She had just had so much during the pandemic hear me on that Wednesday call, and go, I can do it. Yeah. And that's the thing for leadership, is that we have to look and see what's in people that they don't necessarily see. All of us had something that we didn't see. Somebody else identified it, and put us through the paces, you know, and brought
6: it out. We can do right now, I think you and I can, yeah. as, as retirees, as retirees, and I do this. I call directors, yeah. and just check in. Mm-hmm. Known for, for years and just recently went to the Florida School Nutrition Association meeting and reconnected with people after not seeing them for two years. That was so important just to be there and to make that human yes. connection yes. again.
4: Let's just take a second and just check in with Bree. Who do we have around here? There's some <laughs> polls going on. Everybody, so when Jose was talking, the crowd went wild. <laughs> 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 <He's>
2: not-
7: one, <laughs> one thing somebody is because I was working in a district at the time, is thank you for providing those cooking directions for home kitchens when we were all serving curbside meals.
1: In English and Spanish.
7: Yes, (laughs) I remember printing them them out, putting them in the bags. That was such a great thing for you all to do. People loved that. Um, We have directors watching. We have people who don't even work in school districts watching. We have uh, menu planners. We have state level executives. So a little bit of everything poll and I asked, when you're putting a team together, what are some of the leadership qualities that you feel are most important? Right now, the leader is passionate, Mm -hmm. strategic, organized and a motivator.
6: Passionate. Yeah. Yeah. Everything we do has a stem
5: from your passion. People will see that and you don't necessarily have to go, hey, I'm the leader in any of that because we have people who are leaders who don't wear titles. Right. Right. There and because of their passion and because of their consistency and them doing it all the time, mm-hmm. people look up to them and inspiring. look to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So passion, passion is definitely key in anything mm-hmm. in a marriage,
4: <laughs>
6: in <them>. church,
1: <laughs> in, in church,
6: in everything. Yeah. So I, think I, I think another one possibly to add is that it's okay for people to see you not at the top of your game. Yes. Mm-hmm days where it's stressful yes. and there are days when you think to yourself could I do this one more day yeah. and make this happen I mean usually that happened to us when we would activate hurricane shelters <laughs> to be quite <laughs> candid you know can we make this happen for our community and the answer is with everyone coming together we can yeah. but you know I've had people see me sad yes about what's happening that. and so forth and I think that's okay because yeah. we're not always perfect and on top yeah. of our game and that's part of the leadership journey as well Transparency. I mean, we have
2: to accept that you know mm-hmm. it's okay to fail that's yeah. kind of mm-hmm. how you learn and how some of the most ingenious ideas come out uh, from failure taking that risk mm-hmm. but it's learning from those mistakes yeah. and not making those same mistakes again mm-hmm. um, I use the definition of leadership as an individual who inspires others towards towards a common goal mm-hmm. and so whatever that goal is you know you're garnering that. Yeah. you want to cheer people on but you also want to coach them yeah and so you also need to forecast or we have our team meetings every Tuesday and I tell the staff hey um I don't need you to agree with everything that we say I need you to give me your perspective you're hired mm-hmm. for a reason bring your skill set to the table yes play devil's advocate how is this decision going to impact others we need all of the thoughts on the table so when we make a decision we can make an informed decision. Absolutely people i don't want Mm -hmm. i don't want to hire yes people i want people who are gonna tell me this is the impact of this decision so when we make that decision we've anticipated what that outcome is gonna be oftentimes
5: Mm -hmm. alicia i used to tell people you were hired when you sit in that interview there was something that the interviewer saw in you that's what you bring to the table the only thing that gets me more upset is I see something in somebody and then they start to work and that very thing that you hired them for Mm -hmm. they or they don't give, You say, we can teach you child nutrition, right? There are some, a lot of things we can teach you, but the thing that you bring, nobody can teach you that. You bring that and that's what makes the whole team well. And just like you talked about, transparency is the key. We've had some really difficult times this year, right? Yes. Over the past couple of years, and not just in child nutrition. And that's the other thing that I always used to make sure people understood. We're not carbon we're not just in child nutrition we're not just managers or or people who are serving on the line or people working in an office that's not where we are we live in this environment and everything that hits this environment impacts the people who work for you so a leader really be transparent I've cried on statewide calls on calls with my whole state uh, of employees because it hurt but then you bring them back and go but this is how we're and when they see you being transparent they when they see you being vulnerable then they are inspired mm-hmm. and they want to do more
4: can we like, talk about getting angry for a second oh and, see i'm just i'm just not a good just little you know,
7: farm man. girl <laughs>
4: like dr gerard um i have to i'll make a tiny confession and say that there might be some swear words that occur in my office at Wait. some time yeah, jose it's true um boston but the F-bomb does get thrown. And I'll tell you what, I think, that it's, I think that it's a testament to the passion that we have for getting angry on behalf of our staff when they're mistreated or when someone doesn't communicate for them, like exuding that passion in all the different ways because it is so important that they know that we're behind them. You know, I say to them, you make food, I solve problems. Um, and for them to know, we're behind I'm behind you and like that wasn't okay and I'm going to take care of that that is appropriate and it's acceptable and it probably happens to all of us where we're in some situation that you're angry I mean never with this nice lady right I mean it's hard to
6: be mad. <laughs> oh actually actually be
0: honest oh, <laughs> oh, the story here. Not, here not
6: with Richard because he was you know awesome but get angry at work yes Yes, we do get angry at work yes we get angry at situations or we get angry with things that happen like you said to our staff and you want to run interference and something happens that you can't run the appropriate interference but you're absolutely correct that amanda that shows our passion and that we're not giving up and to be candid you know as you said angela sometimes we hire people and we see their potential or we promote people and we see their potential a sudden it doesn't work it doesn't, doesn't work, work you know so what do you would do as a leader then well, you make important. decisions it's also important though as a leader you
2: don't want to make a decision when you're emotional. correct you yes. don't want to make emotional so, yes. decisions so yes. you have to step away or when you're at that point not to have that conversation at that time step away this is not the time to have that conversation go step away i'm going to come back and talk to you beverly tomorrow mm-hmm. or in two days because you don't want to end up and regret yeah. and things like that so it's really important to to have that emotional response but not make those decisions right. at that time well that's hey. the
5: thing you you we with we, people we're humans yeah. we feel right like feelings are there so you feel it's not the feeling that's the problem it's what you do with the feeling hey.
1: that's and that's, that's the, the problem to you because what well people know me you know i'm very low-key yes.
0: <laughs> as you know yes. all right so yeah i mean,
1: said many many times and you get very passionate but to your point is what you do after Uh you need to know there are times that you have to say sorry and you have to say apologize and you have to be transparent on that apology and you're they need to know you are correct and to your point yeah you're cursing and all that but it's that (laughs) inner circle that everyone is doing that you're not like on a leader going back to that question beside passionate you're you know how much we love that. They're passionate, but it's respect. Yes. I always Jeez. said a key factor in a leader is respect. You need to respect every person.
4: And okay. I will say, after the fourth time we did not receive our French toast sticks, I went and ordered more, and then we got them. So, but it took I it takes. It crazy. Oh my gosh! Four times I tried to order those French toast sticks.
1: Well, you're lucky that you got them. And many other schools, they haven't gotten it yet. And we are in the- there's 500 cases no
6: coming in on Sunday.
5: No, that's, so. so. that's another, webinar. Yeah, that's another webinar. <laughs> but, you, but you know, even in that in, in mm-hmm. and honor your feelings, because there are a lot of people who sometimes get angry and that anger just spews,
6: mm-hmm.
5: right? Or they get irritated and the irritation spews or they're frustrated and the frustration spews. That's not OK. All right. Mm-hmm. It, it's not when we talk about professionalism and people are looking up to you. Those things can happen we can feel it, but what do we do? How do we manage ourselves Mm -hmm. so that that doesn't become something I'm consistently having to go? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, so we have to do that a little bit. I mean, that's, I mean, from, I don't know, years on, people know, I think it's going to be on my tombstone. Here lies a professional person who wants to be professional at all times. (laughs) I I miss the mark sometimes, definitely. Uh, But I think, Lost so much in this society: common courtesy, mm-hmm. civility, compromise, compromise. collaboration, yeah. communication. Compromise. We have lost so much that it's the leader's job to bring it back to so I instill a, that.
0: I have a question. Earlier, you mentioned um, like interviewing people that have potential, but mm-hmm. they may not see that potential mm-hmm. in themselves. Yeah. How do you How do you help shine a light on that potential? Because personally struggled with for quite some time. And whenever I first got started with my entrepreneurship journey, I used to talk to Bev and she had, she saw all this potential in me that I quite frankly didn't see. And it's not because I'm an insecure person, I'm, a, I'm pretty secure, but I just didn't see the potential that others saw in me. So as sometimes leaders, how do you bring out that potential or shine the light on it?
6: Sometimes you have to wait. I will be honest, sometimes yeah. you really have to wait. Number one, you have to know the person really well. Knowing known you really well yes. um, coming up through Pasco County and so forth and, Pasco. <laughs> uh, there you go. Um, but you ha- you have to give them time, too. Yeah. So I think it's important to know the person, but to give them time to figure it out where they excel. When I talk about um, Richard and some of the interns we had, we had interns and our our intern class would go all the way from July to May, end of July to May. And sometimes they wouldn't find out what they wanted to do until about March they found out what they wanted to do they were on a trajectory wow. and created in some cases brand new jobs for themselves yeah. so that and one that i can think of off the top of my head all face food bank in sarasota had never had a dietitian, but she went and did part of her rotation at the food bank and convinced the executive director and everyone else and me that she should be the dietitian at the food yeah. bank so it was it's just waiting for people to kind of figure out who they to know them you have to and could i just say one more thing about that too marlon i think that leaders need not a mentor but they need someone to talk to you know you just need someone (laughs) to talk to because it gets crazy yes it gets crazy so sometimes maybe just closing the door i was fortunate to have my husband to talk to or or someone just trying to figure out which step to take next but back we have to know each other first. Well, you have to also celebrate small wins. Yes, yeah, you um,
2: You know, kudos, great job. So people do want to feel validated. Yes, yes, they do. And so you want to give them that that pat on the back when when it's yeah. just a little small thing, and that just builds the confidence to move forward and continue, continue that that journey. Good question. This is that. something
4: I always struggle with: is saying good job or great mm-hmm. job or kudos,
2: mm-hmm.
4: but then someone. about me yeah so how do i how do i how do we deal with the what i call the what about me syndrome i
3: think it's a good good place to go for leader because you want to set up your team for success to have those wins so inside of each one of our campus restaurants shout out to the red apple dining team because i know we've been hitting goals all year long serving more guests than ever before when you have a team win that you can all get behind it Mm. makes it extraordinarily synergistic yeah Uh, it's important to have individual. We're a diverse group. each bring something different to the table. Our IT support is bringing something different to the table than our purchasing buyers, different to the table than our culinarians, different to the table than some of our other administrators, right? Everyone's bringing something different to the table, but as a leader, we can still set up the common win, which hopefully should be rooted in our mission and cast in our vision. And I'm excited to say that we've had a winning team for years now um, that we can all celebrate together.
5: I think think also you can... If you set out objectives that are clear, you can identify individual wins too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we worked at doing that and identifying what that looks like, coming up with a way that we can give the kudos. The staff is probably still working on that at mm-hmm. TDA. Um, but Texas Department of Agriculture, right. let me say that instead of saying mm-hmm. yeah, TDA, yeah, nobody yeah, knows what that, that is. It's not like a transportation uh, topic. <laughs> <laughs> Texas Struck Department in. of Agriculture, shout out to all of them still doing a great, great job. But I think if you... And you're clear up front, then I can say great job, Beverly, because you did such and such and such. And everybody knows what took to get that great job, what it took. And I think if if I can go back, Marlon, I wanted to say about your question, because so many times those of us who do know ourselves, I mean, we're all sitting here. Mm -hmm. right? I still have someone who speaks into me. Mm -hmm. I still have someone who says, I see this in you that I don't see. Sometimes it's so easy for me to see you. It's so difficult to, for me to see me. And when I see me through somebody else's eyes, whether that's good or bad, that allows me to be able to do something about that. And so uh, as a state director, you know, we had no organization. There was nothing just for state directors. And it's crazy town sometimes uh, being in the middle, having to uh, manage USDA's expectations and manage your states. And- manage everybody else's in the state's expectations and so what we did was uh we brought together all the state directors to come together we had a session we had a couch session we got together we bent it, uh for a few minutes and then we came up with common problems and then we came up with solutions to take that to usda and that allowed a lot of state directors <laughs> to have input and to have impact and you probably have seen and, some of the results of that and to learn
1: a little bit to that question, Amanda, please yeah. <laughs> the reason is because I know that we're all from different organizations, but I wanted to give a perspective as a person in the sales, you know, in the process inside in the world that people are looking at you and Beverly and me were talking about it and something that you said that you make it look so easy. But I've been and, and yeah, it looks easy because I've been doing it for 27 years or 35 years. I just can not say I forgot to say that I University of Florida. I have a bachelor's degree in humans, no, wait, food science and human nutrition. I started as a food microbiologist. Can you believe that? I was wow. I know I just changed, but I had to add, can you believe being seven years inside a lab counting no. bacteria and I couldn't see humans? Yeah, that was seven, okay, but those know. seven years helped me Shake to hair. say this world is ending. I need to get out. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to answer your question. In- best to work for a company, you know, JTM food group, but everything is about the whole team. So it's a group goal. And you just said it about the expectations. Mm -hmm. So yes, you have a star, you have two stars, but you know what, when you think someone is truly the effort as a leader to say, thank you to the whole team. So when you have sales teams, it's always great when companies form that team building, that Mm -hmm. teamwork. And, you know, if you need some help, to, you know, to get to that, and you and you build great leaders in the sales on the sa- within the same team, just making like a movie. You have the director, you are the directors, yeah. you know. The director. Oh, they're the directors, they're the one making us great. To yes, 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 yes. That you're making us look so young in the camera. So, so, one thing I
2: want to say you can't put a period at the end of leadership. No. I mean, no, that's it's an ever evolving journey. Um, so while we things great um someone said a quote and I hope I can get it right um, you rot when you're brown that means when you're comfortable you're rotting because you're not growing you grow when you're green so when you have those challenges we have to embrace those challenges because it forces us to grow outside of our comfort level and so I, I have to check myself sometimes I'm like oh this is so okay you're growing Alicia okay we're growing we're, we're getting out of here we're growing um, but that's what you want to Miss Tessa, yeah. when I'm comfortable, I'm not being challenged. Mm-hmm. And so, what's the next challenge? Oh, what do it's we need to do? I morning. see. And what's our next project? When I feel like I'm getting at that point, yeah. So really
5: I think giving right you yourself grace. Leaders <laughs> <laughs> you need to give themselves grace. I don't know about. I think we've got a lot of um, a personality types sitting here. Here, right? Yeah, here, right here, really? right, here right here on this stage. <laughs> you're and, so the you're software, always yeah. pressing, right? Alyssa, <laughs> just said, You're always pressing for the next thing. Know, you're yeah. looking for the next was always, what's next, what's next? I never stopped okay. and celebrated my wins. And, and you know, you talked about it, your family will let you know who you are okay. nice. long before anybody else does, yes. right? Oh. And, and I was always on to the next thing, always, what's next, what's next? And my daughter said, mom, you never stop and celebrate the win. Mm-hmm. And you always give more grace to everybody else than you do yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lesson mm-hmm. that we have to learn ourselves grace as well. The grace is for uh-huh. everybody, not
0: just others. So, in pressing forward all the time, I was wanting to be innovative and do new yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Like like me, I'm always like, well, what's yeah. next? And Amanda that's can right. attest to that. And that's causing conflict with us. Mm-hmm. So how do you handle conflict with other leaders that are your peers?
5: Wow, well, that has been a, a journey that I've had to take, right? Because being the assistant commissioner, I, I thought it was my job, and it was, mm-hmm. to vision vision for the state agency, but I was visioning for school district, I was visioning for USDA, even I was visioning for everybody. And so you do have some people going, can you slow down? You're going too fast. Can you stop? Let us do this. And it depends on what's going on. It depends answer. Because it depends on what's happening. What's happening in the environment? Can the environment stand to slow down? If the environment can't stand to slow down, I can't slow down. And I've got to build up my team so that they have the staff with me. And I can have that conversation with that one person who might be a little bit more reticent. Go, what's the problem? What's the challenge? Do you see something that I don't see?
0: Mm-hmm.
5: It's always important to listen to those voices mm-hmm. so that you don't feel like they don't feel like they're being run over, mm-hmm. right? But you do still have to let the train leave the station. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it
1: might.
6: Oh, the train oh, does have a director's standpoint. I think about what's going on in a school this be the people that you might have a conflict with mm-hmm. any other division director right. <laughs> you know is it facility services it's facility is it transportation services. is it purchasing mm-hmm. is it any one of those any one of those what I found out is the more I got to know them right. and they got to know me right. and we had meetings or maybe we had lunch right or mm-hmm. we just explained what our issues were, the better we started getting along mm-hmm. um and you know I Um, with Danielle, we had the leadership course with ICN. And one of the things we talked about was the more we know each other and the more we can uh, relate, the better off. Here's here's a thought. We used to get all of those people to come during National School Lunch Week and be guest servers. And we would get the directors of all the different departments. We would get principals and so forth. And it seems so basic and so simple, but once they stepped into that kitchen, people work, they would sit there and go, Beverly, do you have any idea how hard the people work in your department? And I'm like, oh, an hour yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're there for an hour. But all of this is when they start understanding what we're up against, they give you grace. Well, you know, the other thing that I saw too,
5: in talking to peers, uh, whether it's in a, because I was at school districts, Yes. when you're talking to principals who have a whole different baby of issues and concerns, or superintendents, Boards or any of that the thing is communication is key and don't go in with your lingo don't go in this is the thing i used to tell them all the time don't go talk to a business manager using nutrition lingo they are concerned about finances go and talk to them about financial impact of nutrition
0: yeah
5: right so you've got to understand what is it that is their major concern and as a communicator motivator and inspirer use the language. You have to be clear. As uh, being in a political state, and my job was a political position, you had to know which words would drive someone mm-hmm. to a conclusion that you didn't, weren't even presenting. You know, For instance, I had to stop using the word free when you talked about our meals and say meals at no cost, because free would drive someone's... I, we're not talking ideology. We're talking about a process and putting a meal out to someone who needs it. So you have to be clear that you don't use trigger words and you use the right language to talk to the person you're trying to get something from.
2: So yeah. knowing your audience, you have knowing to. who you're going to you talk have to, how it's going to benefit them, you, you have to. to.
7: Sound says- <laughs> <laughs> has been um, an effective communication tool or way to communicate. So, we, we put up a poll. The answers are text, phone, email, or in person. So, what have you found I'm add a one that's
2: not on there? And I'm going to say respect because I feel like if you can communicate with respect, you can say anything. Yeah. And that's what's important. So, while the method is not there, I think the, 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 the heart behind yeah, it the heart. is respect, which cannot be done via text
4: message. <laughs> well, it's I, possible I, I, it's I'll, possible I'll with the appropriate sincere. emojis <laughs> and punctuation <laughs> smiley faces. i can't tell you how many
5: emails i wrote the first ones when goes back to your anger because uh, i could write a, a really nice email <laughs> but uh it has been edited many many times yeah. thinking about what the other person is hear. going to hear right. and going to perceive. so i think it the answer to your question is it depends because it depends to communicate and what you're trying to convey. When we were in the middle of this epidemic, this pandemic, we couldn't bring everybody face-to-face. And so you had to come up with things that you could get information out quick. And I think just to add to your respect, at care, Mm -hmm. as you know, the old adage, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that can come through in emails, letters, everything if it's...
3: Genuine. if it's genuine any way, any way you yeah. communicate. one thing i've heard a few times from leaders here that, that i think about and admire is you've taken the time to get to know someone else's story yeah. uh, mm-hmm. so often we hear about leader stories in their books uh, on television and so forth but most of the time they got there because they were great listeners to someone else's okay. story i had individuals that were part of my team that were uh, of two different career standings i had uh, the earliest career person that was one of my individuals on the team and career people, that's part of the same team. They wanted, based on their story and based on getting to know them, they wanted two different approaches of support. Yes. One person wanted me to stop by physically knock, and be there. Yes. Another person just wanted me to answer my text message in 3.5 yes. seconds, yes. right? So I had very different individuals who wanted me to support in different ways. Yes. And so I think one of the ways we convey respect and care and actually help individuals with coaching and training is by getting to know their story communication and And how they can take us a long way too absolutely Absolutely. I was just
4: having this conversation the other day you know you communicating multi-step directions in the auditory form isn't working with this individual Mm -hmm. let's move to something else let's so we're actually writing a written plan right now because I don't know about you guys but I'm a visual person I need to see it all written out and but the vision of all of you guys right now right here is just incredible and just I I mean I feel like we could be talking for another 2 or 3 hours yeah. Yeah. but
1: we but only, we have, only, two only have 2 minutes. <laughs> we only
2: have
4: 2 minutes. <laughs> 2 minutes to
1: say the last words. Please.
6: What can I just
4: Wait, don't go. He can't go first. <laughs> uh, Dr. Gerard,
6: oh
3: please.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I I think I'll pass and come back. Is that okay? That's fine. Is oh that sorry, okay? How about you?
3: Leaders that I admire and have learned so much from, they do two things. They build relationships and invest in and I think we're better together, and that's how we stay together and stay on point for our mission.
6: Okay, I'll come back to me now if you don't mind.
3: <laughs> Richard
6: and everyone here. I think that one of the things we talked about a little earlier is that when you are a leader, you don't want, you don't need for the attention to come back to you. You're so happy in seeing the results that occur with those you have been able to lead. And Will be my legacy forever um is we'll be watching the people who who we have been able to mentor and love on to be camp
1: <laughs> <laughs> i promise it will be 30 seconds two seconds i will oh my god it will be service the leaders is this is all about them it's not yeah. about you and please we need to keep the passion going yeah. you see 20 seconds uh, for
2: me and icn leadership And and making sure that we have resources and services for the customer while putting the people first.
0: And how can people find the resources from ICN?
2: (laughs) www.bicn.org. Or
4: if you call a phone number at the bottom of the website, a real person. A real
0: person. (laughs) You don't
2: have to hit a prompt.
0: Does that still happen? Wow, that's crazy. I
5: I think for me, uh, leadership really is about mostly what everyone has said here. Leadership is about seeing others and valuing both equally and just helping each other move out into something more than you could ever be alone together we are greater than anything we could do by ourselves
0: some powerful stuff well everybody you've been watching real leaders on a real talk show this is next up live we hope you guys enjoyed it thank you so much for watching and we'll catch you guys next time Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Next Up podcast titled The Journey of a Leader and I hope the stories and experiences that our guests shared today will help you along your leadership journey. If you'd like more information on the Institute of Child Nutrition, please visit the icn.org. For more information on JTM Food Group, please visit jtmfoodgroup.com. And of course, for more information on when to catch the next next up talk show and or podcast please visit us at nextgennetwork.com and that's n x t g e n n e t w o r k.com